This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, host Mike Niemer will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education's important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now, here's Mike Niemer. Welcome into another edition of the Green Insider Podcast by eRenewable. I'm your host, Ron Culver, and with me as always, CEO Mike Niemer. On today's episode, episode 208, Mike sits down with James Malley, co-founder and CEO at Pacurate. But before we jump into that conversation, eRenewable COO and Niemer has some very important words to share with you. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e-learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. Thanks, Ann. And now here's Mike with co-founder and CEO at Pacurate, James Malley. Welcome to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by Renewable. I'm Mike Niemer, your host today. And Joining me today is on one of our show from August of 2022, CEO James Malley with Pacurate is rejoining the show. James, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back. Well, it's my pleasure. You know, I was watching some of your LinkedIn posts and uh, I thought we need to catch up because of what you're posting is a little bit in more in depth of what's going on in your marketplace than what you and I even talked about back in uh, two a year ago, August, okay? When we were on, but you were on before, we really kind of focused on uh, talking about efficient ways of packing, cost-effective and sustainable packing. Then also we went into how shippers can reduce their carbon footprint with efficient packing, okay? All using your AI technology. Love data in your world. What's going on with Packurate? What's going on with James Malley? And what's going on in the packing sustainability space? Sure. Uh, well, and some things uh, have changed dramatically. Others have kind of stayed the same. Uh, we're still, you know, laser focused on helping shippers, mostly e-commerce shippers, uh, pack parcel shipments more efficiently for all the the reasons that you you mentioned. Um, I think you know some of the biggest changes. One is our our set of solutions has actually expanded quite a bit. So I think when in August of last year, we had just released a tool called Pack Simulate. Um, so if you think of you know our, our kind of core capability where we're generating packing instructions for every shipment, Pack Simulate is more of like a big data analysis tool uh, that lets you look across you know millions of past shipments and run experiments or get answers to questions like what size boxes should I go buy uh, and keep for my packers at the pack stations? Um, so I, I guess one of the biggest changes is that tool, the analysis tool, um, is probably why 75% of you know new engagements for us, um, people are looking for that specifically. Um, and that's been kind of a fascinating development over the last year. Um, maybe, you know, cartonization, the sort of real-time decision-making it's not a new concept, but being able to run really kind of in-depth simulations on your packaging, that's a little bit new. So we've been really excited by how shippers have uh, responded to that. 
Um, and then the other, the other kind of big change we've seen is I think last time I was on, I was talking a lot about like cost reduction, um, and sustainability that's still, you know, top of mind for a lot of shippers, definitely, uh, you know, emissions are, are starting to freak some of these shippers out because they're going to have to start reporting on them if they're not in Europe already. Um, but one of the, the things I've noticed this year is how, uh, Sometimes people come to us and just start using our stuff really quickly um, because their customers have complained. So customer complaining and kind of naming and shaming on social media has actually driven um, a lot of interest in this area as well. Well, you know, uh, the part that I haven't seen many articles about is the, the one thing that you had said that I took away from our last one was about how shippers can reduce their carbon footprint by efficiently packing the box and thus getting more box on that shipment that's on the semi-truck that's being powered by diesel, right? And reducing the carbon footprint. You don't really hear a lot about that going on in the market in the everyday newspaper or news streams. At least I don't. So uh, we have a lot more listeners than we had back when you were on before. <laughs> kind of go through the matrix of, how that's working for your clients that they're and they're doing it and what kind of percentage reduction you, they may be seeing because of what your product's providing. Sure. Um, so, you know, packing efficiency, it's kind of a niche, uh, you know, problem to solve for a lot of shippers, but it's actually kind of a great one because uh, your costs and your emissions are basically the same thing. Um, you're basically paying to emit uh, anytime you uh, ship something. So, if if you want to you know reduce costs, it's a great one to focus on because there's not an added kind of environmental footprint. Or if you're looking around for projects that'll help meet like net zero goals, it's a great one because it pays for you know more than pays for itself. Um, so there's packaging, um, and we've seen you know packaging materials. We're thankfully not um, seeing boxes full of styrofoam packing peanuts explode all over our houses as much anymore when we when we uh, unbox something um but you know even paper you know kind of craft based film materials and corrugate have uh you know an emission uh, associated with them so i i think it's still something like 1 ton of uh, corrugated cardboard uh creates 3 tons of co2 equivalent in its production so that's still you know a serious consideration and something that you know, there's an opportunity really for all companies that ship things uh, to cut down on. Um, but yeah, and to your point, um, you know, the economies of scale we're dealing with, if you can make the average size of these boxes smaller, you're going to end up using fewer pallets um, by our math around eight uh, fewer boxes per pallet, uh, or there would be room for eight more boxes on each pallet. And then the way that actually translates um, to truck trips is around 14%. So there's 14% fewer truck trips that are, uh, you know, basically saved uh, for folks that are really looking at this problem earnestly. So does that eight extra boxes per pallet, is that 14% of the total amount? Is that eight or have, have you, is it it's, quite that simple? It do, it's not quite that simple just because of the way that pallets uh, tend to work, uh, but it's, it's close to it. It's maybe slightly less. Um, but if you, it's almost a whole new layer on the pallet, um, gotcha. that could be saved on average. Yeah. 
Yeah, by saying it that way, the listeners can kind of visualize in their head if they if they normally see a pilot that's got seven layers high, now they know what six layers of you know you're making a difference on that last layer, right? Right. I mean, it's also it's hard to think of a layer of a palette as, you know, what what does that actually mean in terms of the economies of scale of supply chain? But that, you know, could equal, you know, thousands or even millions of truck trips uh, per year saved just by just by optimizing at this one little spot, um, making making your kind of atomic level, the actual cartons you're shipping that much smaller. And I'm sure um, this is part of the shippers goes all into their scope three calculations within the ESG. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Um, materials and especially, you know, if they use FedEx or UPS, those are all scope three. Um, I think this, the stat is that transportation accounts for around 70% of scope three emissions for a lot of shippers. Um, and so whether they have their own fleet or they're using FedEx, UPS, USPS, whoever, um, that's a huge way of impacting those those scope three emissions. So uh, as we're in the United States and the SEC hasn't really came down hard on everybody yet, and I know there's talks that they're going to, so on and so forth. In Europe, I believe they're much more stringent about what they're doing over there and in, in focusing on those scores. So are you using your product overseas in Europe too, or are you strictly in North America at the moment? We're uh, we have customers all over the world right now. Um, we we mostly kind of go to market in North America, but we've seen a lot of people coming to us uh, in in uh, the EU, especially uh, because of those regulations. Um, there's been a few cases where it's an American uh, brand, but they're owned by a European uh, holding company or something, and so they have to report up those things that fall under that scope three emissions bucket. Um, so yeah, to your point, you know, the SEC has just kind of put out these uh, suggested uh, reporting requirements. They're pretty, you know, for companies that are know that they're coming, um, they're not too harsh. They're just reporting after all. So I would expect, you know, the SEC will get that through especially because there's a lot of uh, technology solutions out there to track this stuff. Where it's going to be challenging is in future years when the SEC or whoever enforces it says, okay, great, now you're reporting it. Now here's the actual emissions reduction levels you have to hit. That's where I think you know a lot of companies are probably going to panic a little bit about how they're going to, how they're actually going to do that. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, it's been it's been quite interesting um, seeing how public companies think about it because public companies are really the only ones that have to care about the SEC uh, rules at first, um, and then the mid market has been kind of you know thinking about it, but not too you know not 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 too in too much of a hurry. Um, but then you know these small D 2 C brands um, that may have sustainability kind of embedded as a as a part of their culture um they're the most enthusiastic about about really reducing their waste so we have a a great customer called our place um i don't know if if you've heard of them but i'm i'm a customer and uh they're a customer of ours they have these really awesome uh frying pans and other kind of kitchen supplies 
I would say sustainability seems to be in as part of like almost every conversation they ever have. Um, the, every they put so much thought into how they can minimize waste um, as part of their f- e-commerce and fulfillment operation. It's really inspiring. Well, do you see uh, the talks in the SEC recreating the wheel on how to monitor and track all this? Or are they using part of the methodology that's being used overseas in Europe and how that what they already used? Are they making it their own or are they kind of taking theirs and modifying it? Uh, I wouldn't call it a straight copy paste, but... Uh, you know, Europe is a nice kind of test bed for a lot of a lot of these uh, environmental regulations um, that we're hoping to get over here at some point. Um, I've noticed a, f- a few differences, but honestly, I haven't looked in the past six months because these things have been out there uh, since last year, right? They've been—I think they've been out there since we last spoke. Um, I don't know. Have you have you looked closely? I've not at- looked either, huh? Yeah, yes. it'll be interesting to see. Well, with that said, where do you see uh, Accurate and yourself moving forward through the course of the next uh, one, two, three years? What, what's kind of the end game for James and where does he see the company going? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're growing pretty fast at the moment. Um, I think, you know, we keep releasing new uh, tools um, and, you know, kind of at the same time, the problems that we help solve are becoming more painful um you know fulfillment costs i think last you know last time i talked to you we talked we were talking about how high they are they keep getting higher um so the cost of corrugated cardboard has come down a little bit it kind of spiked during the pandemic it's still a lot higher than where it was forecasted to be pre-pandemic um but actual shipping costs are going through the roof um so uh, you know i don't know how closely you follow um FedEx and UPS news, but last year they did a general rate increase of uh, 6.9%, which means that's how much, you know, that was kind of like the floor for how much more expensive it was going to be. This year they did 5.9%, but also decided that Christmas is not the only time when extra fees would apply. It would also be for other peaks like Valentine's Day. Um, So I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of people take a that may not have in the past take another look at how they're actually packing their boxes. Um, and yeah, so we're just, we're just kind of watching that uh, with interest and fascination and um, we'll see what the next year brings. Well, it sounds to me what you're describing is they're going to dynamic pricing based on supply and demand at the time, kind of like Uber's doing, right? They're definitely flirting with uh, a similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as as oil continues to hover to the mid 80s to 90s with all everything going on in these wars overseas and could easily go above the 90 dollar mark prices aren't coming down soon true true and i also you know you're talking about scope three emissions but scope two emissions um are actually really relevant i think to talking about the parcel carriers because they don't actually have a lot of levers to pull to reduce those emissions besides making uh, badly packed boxes more expensive for their customers to ship. Um, Cause they need to take trucks off the road. Um, and the best way to do that, they don't wanna take fewer shipments, but if they can take more shipments in a, a smaller amount of space, um, it helps the carriers. They have very aggressive net zero uh, targets. So 
Um, I would expect the pressure to be more environmentally um, res- you know, efficient um, might come from FedEx and UPS before it comes from the SEC. Interesting. You know, um, do you see when their their goal to attain net zero, a lot of people always talk about greenwashing and buying carbon credits and you know renewable energy credits, so on and so forth. And they don't really count that as any positive direction. They want people to get to real net zero. And that's really kind of an impossibility to do when you think of the scope of somebody's entire business. It becomes quite difficult. So I don't think carbon offsets are going away and I don't think renewable energy credits are going away. I think they are the only way by 2050 people can claim they've achieved net zero. It may not be real zero, but it's going to be net zero. I think that's the only way possible they can get there. Do you have a thought? Yeah, I I mean, kind of when it comes to any discussion about emissions or, um, you know, what you know, what type of power uh, generation is best for the planet or, um, you know, the nuclear versus solar versus wind. Um, I I don't think uh, we will make it if there's like a purity test. I think we have to look at sustainability as a aggressive process and leverage every tool uh, at our disposal um, to be greener. Um, and there's going to be mistakes. Uh, there's going to be paying for mistakes, which I hope that's not too a provocative way of describing carbon credits. Um, yeah. but it's going to take kind of all of the above, I, I believe. It is going to be all of the above. And, you know, to uh, all of our listeners that didn't listen over a year ago when you were on before, you know, throughout the, the, the last year, I've talked a lot about energy efficiency is the easiest way to reach and attain some of these goals we're trying to get to. So if you're a commercial building, the easiest way is your LED lights. That's a big chunk of it right there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a shipper and you're shipping, it's not just the lights that can be easy to switch over. James's product can help you with your packing, and it's, it's just there for the taking. He's got thousands of applications that he can apply to anybody's business to help them pack more efficiently that's helping you them reach their sustainable goals. Would that not be true, James? Very true. Uh, thanks, thanks for the pitch, Mike. I appreciate that, um, and and absolutely true. I think you know we're we we got on kind of the cutting edge of this problem before the problem was really bad, um, and so now that it's here, and if you're a shipper, you're probably dealing with these these costs and environmental concerns from your stakeholders, including your customers. Um, we can help. Um, and it's pretty easy to get started. So uh, please reach out. Ladies and gentlemen, that's CEO James Malley with Pacurate. Join us today on the Green Insider, Power B Renewable. I'm Mike Niemer. Thank you for joining us as always. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This podcast was sponsored by Position Green. For an introduction to our sponsor or find out how you too could be a sponsor, refer to our show notes to contact eRenewable and the Green Insider podcast.